0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Football Tap, my new uh, solo podcast show. Um, And tonight, um, the Champions League uh, first fixtures has wrapped up. Um, Some really great games yesterday, some great games today. Um, But I want to start somewhere else before we get anything going, because um, obviously the last couple months, Barcelona has been somewhat of a of an importance and big, big topic um, uh, in European football as a whole.
1: They've returned to
0: the Champions League in a more formidable position than they potentially had in years prior. This looked like a team that was on the on the verge of, of going through a really difficult uh, transition to, to the next stage of, of Barcelona. Um, Obviously, everything that's gone on with the club over the last c- couple months is, is, is well documented. Um, I am not watching Barcelona games anymore. I don't care if they make the Champions League final. I don't care if it's so, El Clásico. I will not watch any live Barcelona games this season, and here's why. What Barcelona has done is illegal. Um, and I, I think everybody is more or less on the same page about this other than maybe Barcelona fans. Um it was a club uh, with with huge respect that I had. Um, I have several Barcelona jerseys. It's, it's been one of my favorite clubs for an for, uh, extended, extended period of time, a very long time. I, my I've, I, I, Outside of Francesco Torte and Daniele de Rossi, um, you look at the, the, my biggest icons in football are Johann on Cruyff. Johan Cruyff was the innovator of football and what he did with that Barcelona kind of, uh, inventing the tiki-taka, and then obviously Pep Pep went there and was, was hugely successful, and went on to do amazing things on the back of what he learned learned from Cruyff. Um, it's the the Pep Barcelona is one of the best teams of all time. I believe Leo Messi is the greatest player of all time. I actually don't think it's even a, arguable. Um, if you look at all the trophies they won and all the accomplishments that they had they've had, and it, it, it was it's hugely respected for the most part, uh, across the globe. Um, and it's now a club with no respect. There's no dignity left. There's, there's nothing positive you could possibly say about this Barcelona situation. Um, one of my favorite players is playing on Barcelona, Robert Lewandowski, Patrick today, uh, big win against Victoria Pilsen. Um, he, he's, he's the first guy in a long, uh, one of the first people to have a hat trick on uh, the champions league with three different teams. It's, he's an astounding footballer. Um, He's still one of the best players in the world. He's right there um, with Benzema and Neymar and, and obviously Robert Lewandowski and, and what he did with, with Munich is, is incredible. And I wanted him selfishly to go and continue to, to progress on, and, and chase down history because he was on the verge of accomplishing history. He was on a team that's more likely to win the Champions League. So the move itself, I thought he didn't handle himself well, but the move itself was um, was questionable at that time. But I also respect that Robert Mendeske wanted to go on and do different things and, and go to a league uh, that he, he was intrigued by go to a club that at the time, at least at the time of his initial interest, had some some respect withstood in in that organization and wanting to to play for a a historic club with so many great players who had gone gone there before. And, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's showing no signs of slowing down. Um, But Barcelona managed to grab the best player in the world, arguably. Um, And that's not the issue that he went to Barcelona and all these other things and obviously – I'm Bundesliga guy, and I want to say Munich. It's it's all that he he would have had a better chance to win the Champions League in Munich than, than in Barcelona. Um, but Robert Lewandowski and what he did is, you know, not, it's, it's it's his call. Um, obviously, I, I don't like it for for various reasons, but that's not what I'm here about. He's balling. He's uh, he's he's basically scored two goals a game in every game he's played, other than the the opener against uh, Rayo Volcano. Um, you look at the other signings they brought in, Rafinha, they brought in um, uh, Alonso from Chelsea, they brought in Frank Kessi from AC Milan, they brought in um, uh, uh, a, a lot of big pieces. Uh, um, and they they extended the contract of Usman Dembele um, uh, Cunha in defense. I mean you can go through this entire uh, team and what they were able to bring in is, is tremendous. The problem is they don't have any money. They're in debt. They have so, they have so much money in debt that how were these, um, these deals able to, to be put together. That's the real question. How, why? Because we've seen teams, Chelsea, and Madrid, um, in recent memories, those are the only two teams that come to my mind. They handed out bands for, for financial reasons because they broke, uh, not broke, but they, they, because they were in debt and they, they brought in players, and et cetera, et cetera. They were punished. Atletico Madrid was punished. Chelsea was punished. Roma had to sell a, a top player every single season for a long time because of their financial issues. They dug themselves in this hole with what they had. They, they had kicked kick messy out. Uh, the, the old president came back in. They got, they, yes, they got some sponsorship deals. They were able to negotiate some sales, but the point is they were able to spend money that they don't have. They don't have any money. They're a trillion dollars in debt. They spent over 200 million and, for, and they were allowed to do so. Juventus in 2006 um, were were suspended for, for or relegated for. Again, it's a different. It's different. It's 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 corruption with referees, et cetera, et cetera. But it's in the same category. Financial ruins. You're in financial ruins. Barcelona is. They were spent. They spent 200 million dollars or euros, whatever pounds. They spent more money than almost anyone, and they were allowed to. They were allowed to bring in Robert Lewandowski. They were allowed to bring in Rafinha. They were allowed to bring in Koundé. They were allowed to extend the contract of Ufman Dembele. They brought in so many different pieces for this team. And then again, they just signed Hector Bellerin uh, on deadline day. They have, they have a ton of money in the, the, that they spent that they do not have. It, and if any other club does this exact same thing, they're getting suspended. Their transfers are are basically being closed down, and they're not they're not going to be allowed by the federation to spend money. But somehow, because because it's Barcelona, they're able to do this without any punishments. They had this list of of teams that were going to get uh, punishments because of financial restrictions. Barcelona weren't on it. They're in more debt than anybody. The Neymar deal put them in debt, and they. They've made poor, poor decisions. Now you can you can have respect for what Barcelona has as a club and what they have done in, in terms of winning tradition, in, in terms of the trophies they won, in terms of everything.
1: Among the teams on this list, Roma. We spent seven million.
0: Barcelona spent two hundred. Now you can say you can be appreciative of the qualities that they have on their team, and they got a great team. Now Robert, uh, the, the, if Robert's out, they're dead. But at least for as far as Champions League and, and, and challenging for Real Madrid, but and even though you like lo- you love Xavi as a player, this this entire institution is is littered in
1: corruption. If this happened to any other club.
0: I really don't think they they they'd be allowed to even play in the Champions League. They were not allowed to bring bring in the signings. Honestly, it's it's appalling that nobody in the Barcelona circle has has spoken out and uh, against what what's happening. It's it's and again I I don't care if they make the Champions League final. I'm not going to watch one Barcelona game live this season. I can't because you have to understand it's a club i used to have so much respect for now there's none left they've sold their soul to the devil for for short term success and even though robert lewandowski is going to score a ton of goals in la liga um and we're going to see we're going to see a high level from from him and that team for a long for for at least this season um and maybe a couple you know maybe in the next the next couple of years but but they've sabotaged their own their, their personal success on a short-term basis. For just that they they've 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 ripped apart any reputation or respect that this 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 club has had at all from anybody. It's no there's nothing about Barcelona that you can say is respectable. Barcelona is not a club with with uh, integrity. And it's sad because it's one of the biggest clubs in the world. And any other and he, and utter and uh, uh, under any other circumstances you know this would be a team that everybody would be celebrated and be happy about and stuff because seeing xavi succeed as a manager would be would be cool and amazing we get all that but but they've they don't have any respect or integrity for the game because of what they did and they're not even uh there's nothing about Barcelona. It's even even after everything that's happened, you would think somebody or some fans would be against what's happening. And uh, it's just a shame. And, and okay, Robert Lewandowski scores a hat trick today, and and I watched the highlights of the goals. He's a fantastic player. He's on par with Bar- Benzema. This ball and door thing is not it's not cut and open. It's not it's not a, cl- a open and closed case. Robert Lewandowski has just as much of a case as. Um, as Benzema because it's an individual it's not it's an individual award it's not a team trophy so what you won is irrelevant. uh moments matter and Benzema has a lot of big moments obviously um but Robert Lewandowski has just as much of a shot if if we were being really realistic about the Ballon d'Or but he he now plays for a team with, with no respect whatsoever so um yeah it's it's just actually it's it's really sad it's not even something like you know that you know the anger is is warranted, but it's 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 incredibly sad that a club like this would cut the, would would cut their throat out for short ter- short-term success because the long-term success of Barcelona will be very questionable because they're already in debt. What's going to happen as it continues and continues and continues? Um, I, I just I just feel like Barcelona is is is, is it's laughable. What they were able to do and it's laughable that they got away with it and because of that they should be punished and should be, I mean they should honestly they should be relegated that's that's the severity of this of what they've done full stop so yes they won their big game yes Robert lemdowski's killing it all these things are true but at the same time
1: there's nothing about Barcelona that any of us should respect him All right, moving on.
0: Um, so I'm just going to kind of run through these games. I, I talked a lot about Barcelona here. I, I did not intend to do that, but that's just what happened. Um, uh, so so uh, obviously uh, Ajax went big against the uh, the runners-ups at the Europa League last year, Rangers. Um, it was a very dominating performance. Um, Alfred Schroeder is, you know, a lot of people think because of Ajax what they've lost, and they lost a ton, um, from Eric Ten Hag to, who went to Manchester United to Anthony to Ryan Graven-Birch to, uh, I mean, you just look down, d- down, the, down the list of, of the parts that they've had. Um, but they've also brought in some, some very good pieces um, um, on, on some pretty cheap deals. Um, they made a huge profit off of this. Uh, they brought in Alfred Schroeder, who did a good job last year at Club Bruges. Um, I think this is a team that is going to be heading in the, di- in the right direction and is going to be a threat in this group. Um, remember, Liverpool Napoli are in here as well. Um, and, and what happened today in Naples um, will, in a certain sense, make uh, Ajax very um, optimistic about their chances of, of potentially um, getting some points in these games. And, and a lot of people uh, kind of disregard Ajax because everything lost. There's still a – Ajax is never not going to be a good team. They're never not going to be a threat in this competition. Just based on the fact that they know how to build their squad. Um, they have a good coach who's playing a system. He's done really well. They've only conceded three goals in the Eredivisie so far. Um, I think there's a lot to love about what they're doing. Um, and they, they, they do lack some pieces that they had last year. They, but they made a lot of money off it. They're making profit. And they also remember they have one of the best youth academies in world football. So we'll see a star, a a monk, uh, you know, um, evolve in that, in that, in that team sooner rather than later that we don't know about yet. So I think this IX team is going to be very special. I think there's a lot to love about what they do and the way they play football. Um, I, I still think they're a threat. I still, I, you know, it's, what happened today is confusing to me, um, and I'll get onto that in a bit. But, but I think uh, in this group, there's, I think, there's a lot of people who are underestimating them, and, but they're, they're, they're not that much different from last year. If you look at the way they played so far this season and how they played last year, they were better last year, but not by large margins. So this is definitely a Ajax team that can continue to progress their incredible culture. Um, in, in the league, obviously, which is, um, which is actually a little better than people, uh, people say, um, but also out, outside the league and in the, in the uh, champions league and Europa league, if, if they were, if they were in a situation, they dropped down. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, loaded group. It's a tough group. Um, but I think Ajax, uh, they've made themselves clear as far as there's a big gas uh, um, gap between themselves and Rangers. Now how they do against Napoli and Liverpool are going to determine everything, especially what they do against Napoli. Um, because I think Napoli is a hot and cold team. They'll have hot stretches and they'll have, they'll have moments where, you know, they, they, they're just not themselves. Um, we've seen that a bunch of A this season already. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to see this team continue to, to, uh, to progress and do well. And uh, look, I, I think Alfred Schroeder's not Eric Ten Hag, um, but he's not, he's, he's not anybody. He's not a scrub. He, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's got this team playing well. Um, and if, if you guys have watched IX this season so far, they've looked sharp. The, the signings that they've made in have been intelligent ones. Um, uh, Gregorish from Hoffenheim was a free deal. They didn't have to pay anything. They got um, uh, the the guy on Sevilla, uh, Ocampos. That's a great deal. Um, you got um, uh, 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 he just signed from Tottenham. Sorry, he's slipping my mind. Um, uh, Steven Burgens, I think is his name. Um, great deal. And then you look at some of the other stuff that kind of they're kind of building. They got a, a very good midfielder from um, from Bologna, a young player who hasn't actually broken through in the Ajax team yet, but but has been balling on in their in their Dong uh, Ajax and, and they have just been a tremendous team to watch so far this season. And it is a team that I think people should sh- you know, it's it's interesting because it's, it's it's easy to say, oh, they're not gonna be as good as last year. But every single time that that this team has been tested, this team has been um, Ransack. They continue to do well. They lose uh, that first year with eric hog They make the cha- they make the Europa League final against Man United. They lose, lose some pieces, bring them in. They go on that the, the run uh, that they the man- dismantle uh, Real Madrid, beat Juventus, uh, and and are and probably should have made the Champions League final. And maybe they would have won that Champions League final. Then last year, my um, understanding that Benfica got through, but but they didn't, they did get out of the group. They won the group with max, I think, close to maximum points. Um, they look great. They beat Dortmund twice. I mean, this is a, this is a great team. And every time that they have lost pieces, if you just think about the pieces that they have lost over the last couple of years, they're always back in it. They're always pushing, pushing, pushing and kind of flying under the radar on a consistent basis. And I think this IX team is, is going to do some damage. Now, what that means, I'm not sure because it's only one game and, and I've seen them in, obviously, Eredivisie, but, but haven't really seen them in, in, the, in the full picture. And I, I think there's, there's, there's certainly a special quality of this team. And I do really like Alfred Schroeder. I think he did a tremendous job at Club Rouge. Um, and I think he's going to continue to, to – he, he's the perfect person to go through this situation because his prior work was, wasn't uh, vaguely different from what he's doing here a similar uh, systematically type of teams that are going to do well and Obviously, Ajax uh, Ajax, Ajax take care of business um, against Rangers. Um, They look sharp. They look good. Again, Napoli and Liverpool are going to be the big qualifiers of how good this team actually can be. Um, uh, Moving on uh, to Bayern uh, 2-0 against against Inter. Um, It has been a rough week for Inter, and – I fear, and here's the thing: Syria has not been good this season so far, uh, other than the first week. Um, Inter already have two losses on the season. Their losses were against Lazio and AC Milan. Um, they were, I wouldn't say dominated. They were controlled against AC Milan, um, and again, Bayern Munich left them for dead. They were horrible. Um, and you know, Lataro is one of my favorite players, and I think he is often the scapegoat. When Lukaku's not there, but he's always the one trying to do different things and trying to to be effective, and it's 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 very difficult because sometimes when I'm watching Inter, it feels like it's Lattaro and nobody else. Um, Barella's been oh, he's had some good games and he's had games where he's just not shown up. Um, I don't think he was nearly good enough tonight. I don't think he was nearly good enough in the Milan derby. I think, and, and remember they were they were down to the 96th minute in their opening game of the season gets a let If you look at the squads in Italy, they have the best team on paper. Um, now with, with what's happening with that, I think Inzaghi a good coach, but I, I just, I just, I just have concerns about what this, what this interesting team really can do in, in kind of going forward and, and happening with everything that's going on there. And it's, it's, it's difficult because, uh, the expectations and and the way they've kind of floundered out uh, last year and AC Milan again I will say it again I I love that AC Milan won the league that was the worst team to win the league in 10 years so and 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 AC Milan has also had their own issues they don't look amazing so far in the league um, they were they, I thought they looked okay against Salzburg but generally speaking there's not a team in Italy that really is threatening anybody. Within the the, uh, Serie A, um, which leaves the opportunity for a team like Atlanta, like Roma, like, um, I don't know, I mean, Napoli, Uve. I actually don't know because it's so complicated right now, but Inter has the best squad and they're not performing to their standards. It's not good enough. And Bayern, they very rarely. how do I how to phrase this nicely? They very rarely uh, are. Don't run up the score when they can. Tonight, they did. If they really wanted to, they could have buried them um, again. The, the new goalkeeper and goal, I don't think he's really at fault for anything here. Um, I, I just think as a collective Inter did not play well. Uh, Byron looked like Byron looked. They're the best team in the world. I I've been saying this for years and I'm not backing off of it. I, you are gonna have to pull me off of that door because I'm, am, I'm am clinched onto it. And I know, uh, Man City are awesome with Holland. I know Real Madrid are the European champions. I know all this, but I really do feel this is the best team in the world. And the way Leroy Sané comes in here tonight and, and just dominates. They played beautiful football, especially if you look at that second goal. The, 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 the portion of passes that dictated in between it and, and around about and. And um obviously I think they're top of the group, but I'm not sure. But um, but 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 they get the they get the job in here in Milan, which is going was gonna be the biggest test. Obviously, when you think about the Champions League, Inter's best bet is at home. Uh when they go to the camp, I think they can be a Barcelona. I, I really do. Um if they can contain the cage animal that exists there. Um and uh, yeah, so so I think that they have a lot a lot of qualities in that team, but we're just not seeing it on a, on a large scale. And again, it felt like Lataro in the world tonight, and it's felt like Lataro in the world every night. Uh, with Inter, they've they've just not looked good enough for the team that they have. Now, me and me and Ryan uh, a couple months ago, before, while the team was being built in the summer and the way they spent in all this it started to look like a team that could push for a quarterfinal or maybe even a semi-final of the season. But unless something changes in the, the, I don't even think it's Inzaghi's fault. And I'm not a big fan of Inzaghi as he's as former Lazio, so obviously not. Um, but I think it's mental because Lattaro is, is giving so much here and getting nothing back from it. So, so it's, it's frustrating to see, but on the other side, you know, we see all the stars there. It's, it's scary the stuff they can bring off the bench, man. With Bayern, Musiala is one of the best young players in the world, and he's coming on in, the, in like the 70th minute. That's that's terrifying to me because you look at the, what they have already in the starting lineup, and with Kimmich and Goretzka, it is a fucking joke how good they are. Um, but be, beyond those sort of a skewed view of how things are going in that situation, they look like a team that is going to run this group because that was away from home in a, a place that's, that is not the most easy to go to, to play games. Um, and Sane was great tonight. And the funny thing about this is, is the players that you wouldn't expect having great seasons are doing it. And I'm not saying Sonic, cause I've always rated Sonny. I thought it was ridiculous. The criticism he's, he's gotten over the last couple of years because he didn't have 40 goals or whatever. Um, but you look at Benjamin Pavard, you look at Marcel Sabitzer. these were castaway guys who were supposed to leave the club. Now they're there and contributing. And that's that's a really scary thing about this Bayern team. And I think we're going to be talking about Bayern Munich all day, all night long, for a long time, because I really think they have everything they need to win the Champions League. Now, do I think they can go on and, and win three, four, five in a row? No, I don't. But, but I, I do think that they, that they had gotten better without Lewandowski. Not because Lewandowski isn't the greatest, but but it's the way they play has changed so differently because Lewandowski was a 50 goal scorer, and now the ball is being spread out. They're moving more, and I like Nagelsmann a lot. He is my favorite coach in European football because he rotates his squad based on opponent. It's not always the same formation, um, and I know they've dropped two uh, the two points out of, um, in the um, in the Bundesliga, but again, it's the Bundesliga is a lot more competitive than people might think. Um, so, and a uh, junior Berlin side that was, that was, that was up for it. And then obviously the Glockbach thing, which would, which the, their, their goalkeeper saved 19 shots. So, so I think that this Byron team is as good as it's going to be. And I think with Nagelsmann year two, they're going to be, they're going to look like a much more explosive and much more dangerous kind of
1: team. Um, all right. All right. Now,
0: now let's talk about what the fuck happened in Naples today. <laughs> Um, Look, um, I'm not going to pretend to be some Premier League expert. I have watched more games this season than I did last season at this point. Um, So I I can't understand on a personal level what what the big issues with Liverpool are as a whole. I can only judge what I have seen. And what I have seen this season is Liverpool's big victory against a newly promoted side. They have not looked good in maybe any of the other games, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's a tough situation for them because, remember, they made I mean, four finals last year. They lost the Champions League final. And I said at the time, it is hard to do what they've already done. Getting back there again is going to be more difficult than, than ever before. You lose pieces that they did not replace with the big one being Sadio Mane. Now, I don't think Sadio Mane is the problem with Liverpool. Um, I think they're they're a very good team, but it's they're not cooking the way you would think. Um, this is a team that a lot of people believed were going to push Manchester City. Um, I said no chance because I know Erling Haaland did in the Bundesliga and um, going to the Premier League because of his physicality. I knew he was going to. Uh, just go crazy, go nuts. Um, but this is this is a serious issue now because they've, again, they lost to Man United, Man United, who were coming off two horrible losses. And again, it's a rivalry game. I get that, but but surprised me a bit. Um, then they they failed to win against Everton, who were awful. My Minnesota United in preseason rinsed them with four goals. It was a blowout. Um, and on top of that, Dili Ali, I mean, again, went to Turkey and he's already scored. So, so, you know, this Everton team isn't incredibly great. This is, again, Pickford was on his day and it just seems like Liverpool, whatever is happening, it's, it's, it's not clicking. Klopp, um, I think they're going to be fine eventually. I think they're going to, to, to come in and, and, and find their, their identity, um, Question is, will it be before it's too late, given how good, how good City are? And I know they've dropped points against Villa and against, um, uh, God, who was the other team that they dropped points against? Was it Crystal Palace? I don't I don't think it would be Crystal Palace. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, they've dropped points. This, uh, you know, City's only dropped a couple points this season. Liverpool have been given opportunities to go up and get it. Um, and I think the loss to Sadio Mane is a lot more Look, I, I'm not saying he's the reason they're struggling. The, the main issue is the midfield um, with the injuries that they had. I know T.I. was coming back, but I just don't think it's enough. Arthur come, comes from Juventus. I, th- I like Arthur at Liverpool because he'll be given an opportunity. At, at Juventus, he came in to be, this, to be part of, uh, of a midfield revolution that, that, that was going on at the time. They bought in McKinney, who's better than him. They brought in Locatelli, who's better than him. They had a uh, Zacharia for a few months who's so, so it was very difficult for Arthur actually to get into that starting 11 um, on a regular basis. So he really wasn't really given a chance. Now, what I saw at Barcelona, I wasn't overly impressed by, it, but he had moments. Um, he hasn't had moments of Juventus. That's why I, I think Juve were happy to be, to be able to get rid of him. Uh, Liverpool will take him at this point. Their eyes are on Jude Bellingham um, in the summer um, and I don't know if that'll happen. It might happen. Uh, I think I think that's a type of deal that they would want to do, and they'd be willing to pay. Uh, again, I think the hundred million that they're going to put down. They're not looking in the wrong place. I think they're looking at the wrong midfielder. Jude Bellingham is phenomenal. He's not Florian Wirtz. Now there there may be different type of midfielders. Florian Wirtz is without a doubt the best uh, midfielder, young talent, whatever you want to call, it, in Germany, along with Jamal Luziala. Um, and in his age group, I don't think there's anybody that does do does. I think Florian Wirtz is just a phenomenal player. That someone like Liverpool would again—he's—he's he's injured. He's out to 2023. We get that. But if if he if he comes back in this season, second half looks great. I think I think the money they're going—they're pushing in the middle of the table. They should shift it away from Dortmund and give it to Leverkusen because Leverkusen are not having a great season. They might cash in on this and. I, I don't think they'd have to pay as much as Jude. Now, if Jude—I've said this for a long time—I love Jude. Jude is a phenomenal player. He's from England. I, so I, the connection between Liverpool and Dortmund makes sense. But um, Jude is phenomenal. I love Jude Bellingham. But I don't think they would have to pay as much for Wurtz, even though he's even though Wurz is a better option. Okay, I'm not trying to put like these crazy ideas in Liverpool fan heads. I know that. I just think Wurts is better, and I think um, if you're going to put if You're going to spend big on a midfielder, that's the one where there's no bus spot, there's no bus potential. I think he's 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 just uh the, the top of the line. Um, but Jude is top of the line too, and I think Jude is is probably going to get ha- it's going to happen. I'd love for him to stay in Dortmund and continue to build there. I'm not, I, I think he'll he should stay another couple of years before he makes that big move. But Liverpool are going to be desperate in summer, and they're going to they're going to uh they're going to put that cash out and and, and hope that uh, not another uh, big European club comes in and takes their deal that they had with uh too many who went to Real Madrid. um but uh tonight um let's get let's let get let's get back to this this was brutal look I am no fan of Napoli I hate them I don't like them I think I, I joke all the time and uh, that their fans are like Liverpool fans who I also for the most part don't like um but sober sober Liverpool fan because the level of delusion is just so high, um, and maybe it's the one guy on Twitter or whatever. But but Roma fans uh, and Napoli fans don't get along. The clubs have respect for each other, but we don't. The fans hate each other. So so you know, we hate Lazio and, and uh, more than anybody. But we don't. Lazio doesn't bother us until Derby Day. Derby Day is when all the hatred comes to the middle of the table and we do our thing. Um, but for, for this, I think, uh, Roma fans and, and Napoli fans just, just to test each other. Um, but I'll say this, they've, Napoli's looked good start of the season. The first two games were phenomenal. The kid from Georgia, uh, I, I again, I can't pronounce his name. Number 77, um, been phenomenal. And I, I have, a, I think Napoli need to be grateful how good he is and what he's going to be able to do with them because look. Madrid and Byron are always going to look to to improve their squad. It's not going to be a long time before one of them decides to pick up the phone. And they got more money than Naples, and it is proven that the president takes money. Um, If the the offer or the bid is high enough, and again, I do think he'll stay this season, maybe next season, but if he continues to play at this, I think somebody's going to take it uh, from Naples. Um, But the way that he attacked Liverpool, the way he he finessed himself, it was brutal the way he was manhandling himself against the Liverpool back line. And again, the big hit on him going into Serie A was can he handle the physicality? And it's not as physically demanding as, um, as the Premier League, but, but he got out finessed by Dudu, who plays for Fiorentina. The Fiorentina game, he wasn't good. The Lecce game, he wasn't good. So, he doesn't hit all the time, but when he's cooking, he is—he is just, uh, I, you know, a different type of level as far as as what he can do with the ball. He's—he's he's just a magician. He's—he can control the game. His his vision's excellent. He knows where to be. He can he positions himself in a phenomenal way, and he comes in and and, and does big things. Um, the way that they manhandled them, uh, Victor looked pretty good. The, the entire Napoli team, the way they went at Liverpool was phenomenal and Liverpool were absolutely rinsed. Um, there's nothing you can say from Liverpool's point of view that can lessen what happened. They absolutely
1: outclassed Liverpool in every conceivable
0: way. Um, and Napoli, you know, the, this is a historic day for them. Um, you could even say they should celebrate this like a trophy. Um, because Serie A is so wide open, a, a league title is a possibility. I would guess not, but it's it's still feasible to say that that could happen. Um, but it, it, looking at all angles of this scenario, I, I really do think that that Napoli in the Champions League could, it could be something special. Again, I would favor Ajax just because I, I like Spalletti's a, a very good coach. I have a little bit more faith in what is being built in Amsterdam than I do what's being built in Naples. Um, Naples still needs work to do before they really take that next level. But the way they dominated Liverpool with – it was 4-0 before they scored. So it's, it's it's incredible the way they dominated that. And Luis Diaz gets a goal, but it, it didn't really matter because the game was over before it even started. Uh, Nunez um, was the big sign that comes in. And – you know, I, I think the kid has the potential to be special, but I, I'm really not sure that that it, 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 what what is happening in Liverpool really fits um, what's 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 being done at the moment. And you know, I do I think he's going to end up being very good. Um, I, I still think he's he has potential to be incredibly special. But, and, 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 you know, in a sense, they Liverpool forced their hand eventually trying to, basically having to do it because I did left, trying to find a solution. Um, and I, I actually don't have any problem with them spending whatever, 80 million plus bonuses, 100 million on, on, on a striker. I, don't, I actually don't even have that much problem with uh, Nunes. I think it changes the market, and it's more than Liverpool typically spend at this position. But I think if you look at what they needed to do, they needed to do this. What are they going to do to sit there? Um, Because a lot of the other strikers uh, had either been taken or were going to be very expensive. Um, And, and again, I do think this Liverpool thing will will kick it in gear. Um, But, you know, Klopp did struggle in that seventh season Dortmund. This is seventh season Liverpool. They look very similar. Now I don't think they're going to be struggling for relegation like they were at Dortmund. I don't think they're going to fall out of at the top, whatever, um, in the Premier League. But I do think there's similarities from this, and, and Klopp has struggled. Uh, the, the deeper he gets into his job, with a lot of success, um, and it's it, it's complicated. Um, obviously, in that that Dortmund season, they went to the went to the cup, German Cup final. Who do they meet? Kevin De Bruyne with the Wolfsburg. They they he he beats uh, Klopp on his. Final day as German coach, and then goes to the Premier League and terrorizes him for for, for a long time. So, um, so there there there's there's it's very different, but very similar. But I, I do think that Klopp is eventually going to kind of put everything together. And with the injuries coming back, I think the I think they have the potential to to look incredibly sharp and 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 do some do some incredible things with this team once it gets going. But I don't think that that Nunez was the right player to buy. Now, I'm, again, I'm not I'm not I'm not criticizing the the purchase, because I think he's still going to be special, but with the absence of Sadio Mane, I think they, they give themselves less options in the attack. They can't play it the way that they did last year. And again, I'm not saying that necessarily that's, that's my evaluation from it. And I have some Liverpool fans who have, who have told me similar things. So, so take what I say with a grain of salt, but remember a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff that I'm talking about, I've, I've spoken to with, with uh, with Cheyenne, uh, my Liverpool, one of my my, my mates um, who's a Liverpool fan, was so talking to her today about the, this very thing, um, and, and so on. So, but it, yeah. So anyway, it wasn't like the big deal about about him signing for Liverpool. I just think they spot the wrong guy for this situation. Um, so I don't. I, again, I don't. I don't have anything negative to say about the signing. I think they had to do something, and they did. I just think they called the wrong team. The phone they picked up Benfica was on the other line. They should have picked up a phone that had inter Milan on the other side. Because it, it actually it I know that the, the Inter are trying to build something there and all that stuff. And lutaro you know, and Litaro Martinez has is is the, the guy at Inter. I, I don't understand why they at least pick up the phone, give him give him a call. We'll give you hundred million for Lutaro Martinez. What do you say? Because Lutaro Martinez, at his best, is not as good as Sadio Mane, but he's damn close. Um, you look at a guy who's been able to deliver on the top level with Fukaku, without Lukaku, and there's no drop off. Um, he's a really special player. He's one of the best strikers in the world at the moment, and I think he's, he's just a fantastic player. The thing about Lotaro is he is a striker, but he can, go, he can drift wide. The way Saudi money can drift wide. So to me, it's just like, why wouldn't they, why didn't they at least give a shot and say, Inter, what do you want? We'll give, because remember Inter still have Carrera and they, they still have Lukaku. Lukaku Carrera together could be decent. And they still have Jacko. They still have Hakan Chanalohu. They have Hendrik Mkhitaryan. So they have, they have other options. Now they wouldn't be as deep heavy with that, but if, if, I don't know. I, I just think that from a Liverpool perspective, I think Lautaro Martinez would have been perfect. I've been saying this for years. Get him away from Inter. I don't want him in my league terrorizing Roma every single time we play. So, but just just from a Liverpool point, if you're go, you know, again, if you're going to put the 100 million on somebody, Lautaro Martinez is the answer. And I wrote a big article about the Darwin Nunez signing. Um, I think a few things happened. It changed the market for high-functioning high, high functioning strikers, number one. Number two, this goes against everything that Liverpool has done to, to, to spend business, and it was a risk because Nunes had only had one great season, and he was in the, the Spanish second division three years ago. So there, there were a lot of things that you could have said, and you could have even argued. Um, Tarimi from Porto was is, is the best player in Portugal, and I still believe he was the best player in Portugal last season, despite what Darwin was doing. Um, so there's there's a, there's a lot of things you can you can dictate from that you can break it down however you want. But I thought that Lutaro Martinez would have been a better fit. But you got the team you got you have to find a way to make this work. Um, Salah's not been as sharp. I think as a whole the team hasn't been as great other than the, the Bournemouth game and and we really have to see at his best what we what we can see from Darwin and Darwin is phenomenally talented. He is not a uh, he's like natural talent what he has he's he can do things with the ball that, that don't even make sense um but he's not as versatile as like a latarmo team so as a as a fan of, of football i was confused why they didn't at least just just give into to call, see what they said they probably would have said no but I, I think they should have explored other options before they just went all guns blazing for for nunes and benfica punked them they changed their asking price and they made liverpool go up and eventually they, they agreed on it but because um, originally it was like a $50 million a deal. But, but I don't think the, the sale of Darwin Nunes is why they're struggling. I think the lack of a midfield is why they're struggling. And, and I, I love Trent. my One of my favorite players in the Premier League, he's becoming a defensive liability at times. And I think collectively today was a nightmare. The entire team was horrendous other than maybe Allison. And another thing about Allison, Allison, this probably destroyed him internally. Allison still supports Roma as a fan. He still hates Napoli. Last time they beat Napoli, he walked by in the hallway while someone was being interviewed and said, four is a Roma." So he, you know, I'm, again, I'm not saying that he loves Roma more than the, uh, more Liverpool than that, but he's a Roma fan. So as a Roma fan, he hates fucking Napoli. He doesn't want to, to lose to Napoli, and that drove I, I imagine that drove him crazy. But, but top to bottom, Liverpool has some issues. I do think they're going to get cooking, but but I. Because of that Norwegian giant in Manchester, I think they they need to kick in the gear in the league before it's too late. And again, Liverpool, you know, the Premier League has been absolute on fire this season. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, and uh, and obviously they have work to do. But and again, it's not an easy group. Uh, Rangers is 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 six points. I'm sorry, I don't think they're going to get a point from this, this group. Ajax is going to be tough as well. Um, so. You really gotta kind of take advantage of, it. and at Anfield, that's going to be their strength, and I think they have to go to the strength and change the group. But, but I think there's a lot of stuff. I can't really answer these questions the way that a Liverpool fan could, but there there seems to be some serious issues. Klopp isn't going anywhere. Let, let's cut that out right now. But, but they need to find a, a solution to, to the issues and and getting Thiago is huge. But you got players like Henderson and Milner, who I'm not sure good enough for Liverpool anymore. So there's a lot of things you can kind of digest from from what happened tonight. It was it was an absolute horrific performance, and it's gonna hard. It's gonna be difficult to build off that, but they they have to try. Um,
1: but we'll see what happens. That's all I'm really gonna say on the Liverpool thing. All right, the, the, the big one um, from yesterday
0: was PSG against Juventus. Um, it was. Tremendous and somewhat concerning at the same time. You know, I've been, I've been on the – Max Allegri is a dinosaur for a long time, um, for the last couple of years. I don't think he has what it takes to coach a, a team at this elite level anymore, and I think the Juventus team is well put together. I think it's well placed. But but with what's happening with Juventus and having a lack of leadership, I think it's a big problem. You lose Giorgio Cialini, gone. You lose, uh, you know, and that was the heart and soul of that team. You lose the Bala, who joined Roma for a, a smaller deal. I mean, not smaller deal, but but for, for shorter. And even in, in all of the Roma games, he's looked t- terrific. And you have Vladovic, who has, I think, four goals in, in the league um, for Syriat, and I think two of them have come off free kicks. So his football is not producing his best players. To be put in positions to be great. And obviously when, when Chiesa comes back and, and makes an impact, I think you guys will be more dangerous, but but it does seem that they have a a lack of of, of something going on with the club at the moment. And um, it's tough. And so this was gonna be a test, and and it was. And the PSG team has had some issues this season. Neymar been outrageous this season. Um, and I, I actually, well, I'll get into what, I, what the Neymar thing in a, a bit. You had you the Mbappe Neymar thing, and and I thought it was ridiculous. By the by the way, Neymar was he has seniority in that locker room. So to make that the, the, the penalty thing, it, Neymar had the right to do what he did. Mbappe, the whole thing was was just, I don't know, blow out of proportion, but it was just it was just a toxic situation. Um anyway, um, so and obviously, that Messi's there, and they're still loading up. They—they—they—they're just an incredible uh, team um, collectively. And um, you know, um, this was going to be a test, and it was, you know, just terrific from PSG in that first half. Neymar hooks it into Mbappe, catches it so well, at the bottom corner. Then Hakimi comes in and hits it to Mbappe again, and Mbappe clears it in again, and was terrific. Neymar was, was phenomenal as well, and um, and they really dominated that first half. Second half, not so much. Um, uh, Juve, Juve found some life in that second half when they brought Weston McKinney on, um, and obviously he comes in and scores. And again, just, just to make it clear, anybody who thinks Christian Pulisic is the best American, you're foolish. It is absolutely a egregious take. He's not special in any way. You see special with Weston McKinney, and he's still probably their best midfielder. And it probably isn't used as much as he should. Um, if he's your best player in the World Cup, the US got a chance to do something special. If it's Christian Pulisic, it's going to eventually blow. Um, so, best American going. I think we need to stop talking about this nonsense. Um, and I think the American media needs to shut the fuck up and realize that the best player on this team, the the national team, is number eight, not number 10. Um, in fact, Weston Virginia should be wearing number 10 because he is the man for the U.S. Um, so he comes in and scores a great goal to get him back in it. You guys try to push, but I think Donnarumma made some pretty good saves on the stretch and um, PSG look for a third and, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't arrive. Um, if you would ask me at any point in time um, over the last couple of years from basically 2020 onwards, who is the best player in the world? I have this – this, this has been my answer, Robert Lewandowski. However, if you offer me healthy Neymar, healthy Neymar is the best player in the world. He just is. And so this season, I think we can con- say that he is the best player in the world right now. Again, if he stays healthy for a full season, it's not debatable. 28 and 13 was the, the numbers he put up in his first season of PSG from January. In January when he got injured, that's what he had. He finishes that season. Regardless of what happens in the Champions, he wins the Ballon d'Or. End of story. The case closed. Um, and I, I've always frustrated people saying, oh, well, uh, I missed old Neymar. I miss I miss Barcelona Neymar. There's no difference, bruh, between Barcelona Neymar and PSG Neymar. The difference is he's getting hurt more in, P- in Paris than he did it in, in, in Catalan. So when Neymar is healthy, there's fucking no difference between Barcelona, Neymar, and PSG, it's the same player. You look at 2020, the way he dragged his team to the Champions League final. I mean, come on, he was the best player in the final despite losing. So, so I think we need to kill this narrative about that. That this bar. He, by the way, Barcelona, Neymar had Messi, and Suarez in prime doing doing the bits. So, but you know, last night I think or whatever, the, whenever it was, um, uh, yeah, PSG looked absolutely phenomenal uh, for much of the game. Neymar dictated the game. He was the best player on the pitch for the whole game. He went against Bremen, who's Serie A's Defender of the Year, swung up between his legs. His ball work, his creativity, his playmaking ability, constantly putting his guys in good positions to, to be successful. My issue is the selfishness from the counterparts. Messi didn't have a great game. He had, he, 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 he hit a few balls into, um, into uh, Mbappe, I think, um, and, and and some others, but but for the most part, Mbappe's—it's not even his finishing. It's like it's his selfishness of wanting to get another goal and wanting to push. So PSG are the repute has the reputation of being the biggest choke artist in Champions League football. You know, so and we we we, I don't, I, I, we can go through the the decade of history that 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 backs that up. Um. The reason they could break that that mole because of what Neymar is doing if he stays and he cooks, but so this is never going to happen if Mbappe doesn't. Um, if, it, if if Mbappe continues to be selfish for the goal, again he had two goals, two amazing strikes, hit him perfectly precise, um, and it's been fantastic. Um, but I think he had to really, in the important moments, Mbappe needs to be more 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 willing to make that extra pass because. PSG could have scored two or three more goals if he does. And Neymar is sometimes selfish, selfish in front of goal, but a lot of people just don't like Neymar, so they make him the scapegoat of every problem. When in the locker room, he has seniority, and in you know, so it's a difficult one for me because Mbappe was given opportunities to win the Champions League final for PSG in 2020. Neymar set him up constantly. He's always big him, picking him up and and help and put him in position to be fantastic. And, you know, when, in that 2020 final, the thing that, that will always be attached to that is the failure to launch in front of goal from Mbappe. Mbappe's failure in front of goal was the reason they lost that final. Now, Bayern deserved to win that final. They were the best player throughout that whole year. Um, team, sorry, team over, over that whole year. And I'm happy for Robert Lewandowski and all those guys getting to, to win. But ultimately, in the end, Mbappe's inability to finish and come up clutch is the reason that he going to change the If you look at Mbappe's uh, record in the, in the knockout stage of Champions League, it's not good because a lot of time he's doing too much and he's trying to he's trying to not make it by himself, but but he's trying to 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 be the hero, and that is what's going to uh, fail PSG. If they choke again, it's not going to be because of Neymar, because Neymar's playing at the absolute best level we've seen ever. I mean, he's got, I think, 19 goal involvements already. It's September 7th, and he's got 19 goal involvements. Um, And I, I really do think that, that to be successful, the other parts need to contribute. I know they've defended well, and they were good in the midfield, but, but – but the other attacking counterparts need to be selfless because if we, if we have selfish play from Mbappe or, or anybody else when Neymar putting you in position to be successful, I think we're going to have some big, big issues in, in, in the coming, you know, just going forward, just because, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to handle that and you're going to choke in big games. Now, Juventus doesn't have a great, Infrastructure—they're not doing that well in the league. You go up against a Man City, you go—you go up against a Bayern, you go against a Real Madrid—teams with mentality. Um, Man City mentality can be questioned, but but, but top teams or teams with great mentality—it's going to be difficult if you're wasting your chances in front of goal. Now, it's not a big deal that they won the game. They were great. They were fantastic. They deserve to win. But in another on another day if those goals that you didn't score may be more costly than they were yesterday. Um, Juventus were much better than the second half and, and all that. And, and, but Namor was just absolutely fabulous. Right now he's the best player in the world. It, yeah. I, I really don't think it's debatable. Um, no one is, is operating on his level right now. Um, and I know he's not likable and all that stuff, but, but he's phenomenal. Just look, he is like, if I were to, to, to explain what Neymar is to a person who doesn't watch football. I would describe him as a symphony of brilliance. It's artistic. It's, it's imaginative. It's flashy. It's, it's all into one. And he was fantastic. He's the man of the match for me. He was always the one doing big things for, for this PhD team and and they went, but but obviously I, I do have concerning factors about the potential of some of the other, other, other pieces, um, front of goal especially and, and again one game in they, they should be very happy with the way they perform but they have to be more selfless in front of goal or else when it really counts uh we'll be laughing at them again and they want to kill the narrative that they're choke artists and win the Champions league and they have a team to do it it's just going to come down to if they can get on the same page and whether or not they can put their ego aside for one common goal and to win the Champions league, you need to. Yeah, you look at the way Madrid won it last year. Selfish teams would not have made that final, especially going the route that they did and, and almost getting knocked out so many different times. So that's just another example of it. All right, I'm going to wrap up with with probably two of the most talked about topics in world football right now. And, and at the end, I'll talk with Holland and then I'll kind of run through uh, the, the other matches. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really just kind of focusing on these next two. Uh, and they're very similar. You see this behind me, that is um, uh, Mislav Orsic beating Kepa um, in the game in, in Zagreb against Chelsea. Um, first, I, I think Orsic is as good as any player that we're not talking about right now. He is phenomenal. Um, he's a player that is, has been the identity of Zagreb. He was one of the players behind them knocking out Spurs from the Europa league. I think there's a, you know, he's he, this, this man right here is, is an absolute machine. He's an, he's a beautiful footballer that um for Zagreb is, has been the guy Um and, and can, will continue to, to be the guy. And I, I really do think he has a special quality and should be playing for a bigger team. Um Again, I don't know what that means, but if I'm I that, that'd be another player I'd look at because it's, it's similar in, in some sense, but I also think he's good enough to play in the Bundesliga, league, Serie A friendly league, et cetera. Um,
1: however, um,
0: Chelsea's had a rough season. They've spent 200 million, whatever it is called Kukurela, Kulabali, Raheem Sterling, um, uh, Dana Zakaria, uh, so on and so forth. They've they've spent a lot of money, and they look like they're not going to be able to make the Champions League. Um, Tuchel has not handled this well. It looks like he has lost the locker room. They just brought in Obama Yang, Um, and Orsic. This man right here scores early against Chelsea, and Zagreb hold on for dear life. They beat Chelsea in this group that features AC Milan as well, um, and RB Salzburg. This ain't easy. So getting off to the wrong start is complicated. Um, And that man right here just sacked Thomas Tuchel. Um, It's a difficult one because if it is true that the locker room is being uh, capulated, if the locker room is a problem, then it's probably the right thing to do, but also you don't have a lot of other options. The one, the two I hear is Graham Potter, who's done amazing things for Brighton, but I think he's perfectly cap—he's perfectly capable of a job like this. But he—that what he does with Brighton, uh, I just don't want to see it because of of how successful he's been there, um, and the, the steps he has taken to take this team to to huge enormous heights it's it's a difficult one to kind of grasp because of a lot of different things but but he's done a tremendous job there I don't want him going to Chelsea because I love him at Brighton um look as a as a Serie A fan Bundesliga fan whatever you want to call me I don't really enjoy the Premier League that much I know it's extremely high level I know it's arguably to me it's arguably one of the best leagues in the world I think Bundesliga and and um and the Premier League are close. I would still favor the Bundesliga, and I can explain why in another video. Um, but or uh, sorry, but uh, but uh, you know, Grand Potter has one of the most attractive stylistic teams in the world. And Paul Chetino, look, I do not rate him. I don't think he's that special. I don't think he's done anything noteworthy. In two years in Paris, one of the, before he got messy, he couldn't win. He couldn't win the league. Lille won the league um, in in one of those seasons. So I think it's really hard for me to do that. And then you look at the Spurs thing. Yeah, he got in the Champions League final, but, but lost it. Couldn't really handle a title chase. I mean, now, Pochettino is a good manager for a different type of job, for a job that doesn't have pressure to win. A job that doesn't have the expectation to want to deliver a lesser job. If you, if you give him Leicester City, I think that would be a great spot for him because Brendan Rogers, I don't think, has much time left there. Um, so, but a place like that, I don't think Chelsea here is, is really a really good job. So look at what your options are. Grant Potter, who I don't think is going to leave uh, uh, Brighton, um, and he's in a good spot. So why would he do that, even though they've been given permission to talk to him? You got Pochettino. Doesn't excite me. What else do you got? Because, look, if you're going to sack someone, you have to have some sort of plan of, of what to do. Um, Paris, when they sacked Puchel, had a plan of how to replace them. Chelsea have two ideas I'm not really enthused by either. Um, and you look at all of that coming into this situation and doing all this. And then Zidane is a third option. And You really got to ask her, do you think Zidane is going to come to Chelsea? I don't think so. Look, Zidane has had a really uh, a formidable manager career. You know, and I've, 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 I don't love Zidane as a manager. I think he's one of the greatest players ever. He's the top three on my list. Um, but, but he's won a lot, but, and, he's, and he deserves respect for what he's done. But he's always been around great teams. This Chelsea isn't a great team at least from my viewpoint, and, and, you know, you can say that I'm wrong, but, but Chelsea isn't a fantastic team, and, and I really do think that it's, it's, a, it's a complicated thing to kind of wrap your head around um, of him doing that. So if Zidane is an option, okay, but Potter, Poch, Zidane. None of the options that are currently available excite me. Now, if Diego Simeone is available, I would sack any coach, basically. <laughs> Everybody knows how much I love Diego Simeone. He's my guy. But if if something like that is available, I get it. A hundred percent I get it. But the options you have aren't great. And I think it really depends on the locker room and the status of it. Is it a is it a locker room that's crumbling? Then you got to make the move regardless. But if if the locker room is not in toxic turmoil, I think you hold off. But from, from the other, from the flip side, I understand this part of it. Todd Boyle comes in, buys Chelsea. Tucho was inherited by Todd Boyle. It, it wasn't his his appointment. He wants to make his stamp, his appointment on his team now. Now, he's, he's, he is very invested in the, in the football side of things. He's not one of these Americans that are just going to be making money. He wants to make a statement and, and put his guy. Um, and that's okay if it makes sense, but it doesn't. Look, when when the kids bought Roma, they they rolled with Fonseca for a little bit, but then they pulled the 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 the, the strings and they, they got Mourinho. Mourinho worked out. They win a trophy their first season. They Roma upgrade this season and, and are looking looking to be much better, regardless of what happened on the weekend. Um, they want to make a similar uh, statement but I don't see any of the options that are currently there as a statement uh, being made. The Mourinho statements clear what, what the statement is because winning mentality Roma didn't have that. Um, they didn't have winners. He he, he, he brought in the right pieces to do what they did last season. Um, but you look at, you look at what is available to Chelsea. I, I don't think they should have sacked him. I think they should have had, I think he was on thin ice regardless but you don't make this move if you're not prepared to make a statement with a hire. And the, the ones available do not enthuse me. And I, I, I'm sorry. Um, on that point, and they were awful last night um, or whatever the game was, um, they were awful. They were just, just awful. And they needed to make something, but I'm not saying they should have gave more, more opportunities, but I think from Todd Bowler just wants, wants to, to, to appoint his guy but I don't, there's not a, a manager out here that they're going to potentially have that can make the statement that the free made at Rome. They made that, but they made that statement after the season. So it's a different. It's kind of a different situation, but the top bully wants to come into the student ownership and make a statement with his manager, someone that he appointed, not something that he inherited. Um, so, and I, I think he's, you know, it's the, it's too early, but I do think that, um, Chelsea have done this with, with – managers don't stay there very long. It could be a new mole under Todd Boyle once he gets his guy in. But it's it's going to be an interesting situation to see how everything kind of evolves in, 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 in that respect. And, but um, I think he just wants to make a statement. And I think he – because of the loss yesterday, he ha- he feels like he has to. Now. Um, and uh, there, there are fans that, that have criticized Tuchel and, and maybe in, in, in favor of this decision. The only reason I'm not, and I'm not against it making the move, but you got to have a plan. If the plan is the three options I, I listed, then this is this is just a meaningless decision. They need to have a plan of someone who can who, who can come in and change. This guy brought you to finals, he won the Champions League, so it, it's hard because on one side you got the you got everything, you, he's won all this stuff, uh, but you but you want to kind of but the season's not going well. And on the other hand, um, if you're going to make this move, pull this trigger, you have to be making the right. Move. And I'm, I, I fear that they will not make the right decision and the statement that needs to be made will not be made. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you talked about Zagreb, a, a country in within distance of the, of what's happening in the Ukraine. I think it's great that these guys would won. I think three champions league games in this era, um, Win against Chelsea, who were, who were European champions not long ago. So I think that's absolutely incredible for 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 them. And, and and again, don't sleep on these guys. I really think they have what it takes to potentially win the group. Again, Salzburg can do it. I don't think Chelsea can win the group. I'm sorry, I, I don't think they're even going to go through. But um, I, I think it's really between Milan and 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 Salzburg and Zagreb. Um, I don't know actually. It's it's hard to. To, to, to judge what's going to happen. But but this 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 man and this team uh, should not
1: be underestimated. All right.
0: I'm just going to run through the other one. Uh, uh, Dominique Tesco, who was the man that got Leipzig to the Champions League last season when he came in midseason after Jesse Marr flamed out. They have not started well in the league. They only have one win on the season. They're really struggling. They, um, they got swallowed by Frankfurt, who I don't write that highlight this season, uh, who got torn apart by Sporting earlier. So um, they, they go out to the Ukraine side, Shakhtar Donetsk. I think it's a beautiful thing that Shakhtar have gone off so well and are doing so well this season. Um, but this is this is just shambolic by uh, by Leipzig. They made the decision to, to sack him. Um, the difference between Chelsea and Leipzig, Leipzig knew exactly what they're going to do from that, and they're going to go. See got sacked as well, and they're going to appoint Marco Rose. It's a difficult one. If they can get the Glogbok version of Marco Rose, this could be good. I didn't really think he did well Dortmund. I, I do think the squad is too good to be. Be humiliated in this way, and it's amazing for the Ukraine and what they're they they've been able to do and the, what they're going going in the country for them to go up there and just absolutely swallow. This wasn't in this was not in the Ukraine. This was in Germany. They got fucking swallowed in Germany at home. The squad is loaded, and I I read Tesco. I did. um He got a, a tremendous job last year. I thought. Who's my manager of the season. And that, and it looks like the champions league getting back in here is going to be difficult. They've started badly. And you look at the way some of the other teams, Freiburg's in top of the Bundesliga. Union Berlin is a third. Like Leverkusen and, and, and Salzburg, or sorry, Leverkusen and Leipzig are struggling. Uh, so can Marco Rose come in here and reimburse the squad? I don't know. They have the best player in Germany in Christopher Nkuku. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And Timo Werner's back and he's doing well. Andre Silva's there. Yet all of this is, a, is the case, and they're not playing well enough. They got destroyed by Frankfurt. Couldn't beat Stuttgart. Beat by Union Berlin. They, who do they beat? Um, I don't even remember who they beat. They they got a point against uh Cologne and then they beat do they have a win on the season? I I, th- I think they have a win on the season, but they're they're in big trouble and and but the, the thing I like about Leipzig is they had a plan immediately. They they went with it. They made that decision, they stuck with it, they got Marco Rose in, and it's gonna I think it's announced today. So different in the Chelsea situation because there's no new ownership, um, and there's no sort of uh, there's not this a uh, bubble about who who's going to be the answer. They have they have who they wanted. They got who they wanted, and so. But it's it's, it's disappointing because Tesco did such a tremendous job last year, and and Leipzig have started so slowly, and, and they have the best team outside of Bayern, and it's really tough to see them struggle like this again. But it opens the possibilities for, for Freiburg and, and Union Berlin to, to really push. it. And, and this Freiburg team, this, I mean, it's kind of off topic, um, could could be something really special. Ludwig could could mess around it and, and push Bayern Munich a little bit. Um, all right, so I'm just going to run through this. Uh, Erling Holland looks like a fucking machine. Two great goals yes, uh, yesterday against Sevilla. Sevilla looks terrible. In the Omni relegation of La Liga, they're not doing well. They, they lost too many pieces. Holland has... 12 or 13 goals this season already. I think he's going for 60. Um, All the narratives, oh, his link play is bad. Yeah, for people who don't watch the Bundesliga. Answered. How is he going to adapt to the Premier League? Answered. You know all these criticisms that that uh, the 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 big miss that he had in the the opening uh, the Community Shield or whatever. Ever since then, he's been scoring crazy. He's got two hat tricks already. He has a brace. He's been the reason why they score game, uh, score in important moments. When they were behind in games, he's helped brought, brought them back, and he's just a machine that's going to keep going. And, again, I think eventually Madrid will be his destination when Benzema's retired. But if he stays in England, he'll break every single record. And I genuinely – you can call me crazy. I genuinely think he's going for 60. He, he will score between 50 and 60 goals. Now, do I, do I think he's the best striker in the world? I do not. I still think Robert Lewandowski and Kareem Benzema are better. But he is knocking on that door, and he's saying, I'm here. And has the personality and the charisma to, to be a, a, an amazing player. And he's still, he's still just a joke how good he is. Um, Real Madrid kind of coached. Modric looked like a magician in that game. Um, Dortmund uh, finally kind of put, put another win together after beating Hoffenheim on the weekend um, or last Friday. Uh, Benfica go win. Milan split with Salzburg. Um, uh, Club Bruges win um, against Leverkusen. Um, Spurs beat Marseille. Um, and uh, yeah, you know the rest of the results. Um, this this is kind of uh, these have been the, 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 the main things I want to cover. But uh, yeah, so it's it's been great with the Champions League tomorrow, Europa League. Um, I hope Roma take care of business. We had we had a real tough game on the weekend. We look awful. Um, Blossie will get his first start and I hope Roma d- do well uh, and, and pick up the points as the Europa league starts and conference league starts and all that stuff. But, with this champions league opening week uh, opening match, they have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, thank you for listening to the first episode of football tap and um, see you next week.